Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to mini episode 282 of Real Life Ghost Stories and I have four spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from March the 18th, 2023 and story number one comes from Ben. I'm from New Zealand where the indigenous Maori culture have a strong belief in ghosts. They believe that the spirits of your ancestors watch over you and will sometimes appear to warn you of impending danger or to console you in time of need. My mum, who is part Maori, lost her mother to cancer when she was 18. Over the last 50 years, her ghost will visit and sit at the end of my mum's bed and have full conversations with her about how things were generally going in life. My stepfather has had to get used to it and will sleepily say, Hi Shirley, every time he realises that mum is sitting up and talking to her mother with the light on. When I was born in 1981, it was in the relatively new North Shore Hospital in Auckland which had only been there for the last 20-odd years. I was born over three weeks early, and both my mother and I had lost a lot of blood, and so we were recovering in the hospital for a week or so. It was just after visiting hours had finished, and the day shift had changed to the night shift, when my mum's older sister came into her room to visit. My mum was delighted to see her, as Auntie Diane had not yet met me, and my mum had been bored of having to lie around all day recovering, so thought a small walk around the ward was in order to stretch her legs. My auntie offered to carry me so my mum could have a break, so my mum passed me to my auntie and went off for a gentle stroll. Leaving the room, they walked around the darkened corridors so tired mums and babies could get to sleep. They talked about the birth and me while they walked around slowly. Their talking must have alerted the night matron because out of the darkened gloom emerged an older, stern-looking woman in the old school nurse's uniform of the 1970s. She straight away launched into the matronly telling off, telling my mother that visiting hours are over, that her guest must leave and baby and mum must be in bed resting. She asked my auntie to pass me over and then walked her to the entrance of the maternity ward after Diane and mum had a quick chance to kiss, hug and say goodnight. The next morning, the morning shift of nurses came in to check on my mum and I. They had heard that mum had been for a wander and asked if she had run into the old maternal ward matron. She said yes as her sister had been to visit after hours and she told them off. The nurse then asked mum if she gets to see her sister often and mum said no, seeing as Diane had died two years ago in 1979. The nurse was quite surprised by my mother's response, seeing as the night matron had told her during handover how she had taken me out of the hands 
of my deceased auntie while standing with her in the middle of the ward corridor. Well, Ben, that was a curveball. I'm not entirely sure how it was a curveball because you set the story up to tell us that in Maori culture, the dead come back to visit their relatives and it's an accepted thing. I thought you were going to say the matron was a ghost. No, no, turns out the auntie was a ghost and the matron saw her and the whole lot. Imagine being that matron when you later find out that actually Diane has been dead for two years. That'd be the time where you'd be like, I'm hanging up my big giant matron hat and I'm not doing this anymore. I actually know very little about the Maori culture and New Zealand is a place that I would love to visit. I do, however, love this idea of your ancestors looking after you and just accepting that they are going to come back and catch up with you and have a chat with you and make sure that you're okay. What an amazing way to view death. And of course, it would make sense that your mum's sister would want to come back and see her in this pivotal, emotional, beautiful time of her life, bringing a new life into the world. Of course, you would want to come back and see her and share that with her. What a touching story and what a beautiful way to manage death. And story number two comes from Elaine. I have had a few paranormal experiences, which I will share eventually. But my first story starts when I was just a three-year-old little girl. I was born in South Dublin and lived in our first house there until I was five years old, when my parents bought a bigger house, just 10 kilometres away from our first. I was an inquisitive little girl and have very strong memories of two imaginary children that I used to speak to in our back garden. I remember vivid details about them still to this day, more than 30 years later. They were brother and sister named Johnson and Carla. Johnson was the older brother who was nine years old. He had red curly hair, was very pale and wore old-fashioned blue dungarees and a white t-shirt. He was much taller than me. Carla, the younger sister, was seven years old and much shorter than Johnson, but still taller than me. She wore a white dress with short sleeves and purple flowers. She had fair, light brown hair tied in pigtails and had freckles across her nose. My parents and much older siblings would see me out in the back garden babbling away to nothing, with my gaze looking up as if I was speaking to someone much taller than me. My grandmother, who was a very spiritual lady with bookloads of her own paranormal experiences and stories, always believed that they were spirit children from the old farm that used to occupy the land long before the housing development was built there. I've looked up old newspapers to see if I can find any information about the farm, but I'm still yet to find anything profound. As I mentioned, my parents bought a bigger house in a nicer neighbourhood when I was five years old. From the day we moved into the new house, I never mentioned Johnson and Carla's name again. Except when my mom asked me where they were and I told her, they stayed in the old house, they like it there. And from then on I never saw them again, it's like I left them behind. So if they are more than just a little girl's imagination, I hope they are okay and happy wherever they are. Elaine, I hope they are happy wherever they are too and I just, kids are so weird. Kids are just so weird. I can just imagine your parents and your siblings just looking out. Where, where's Elaine? Oh, she's shot in the garden with those with those two invisible children again. No, no, she looks fine, perfectly happy. Yeah, they're yeah, they're probably ghosts. Yeah, let's hope that stops sometime soon. I love how open your grandmother was to it, though, and just sort of accepting that you know maybe this might be something a little bit more 
and that maybe these were spirit children that was to do with the old farmhouse, etc, etc. And that would make sense considering they didn't come with you when you moved house, that they were sort of tied to the land or tied to that place. Aren't children, like, I know they're weird. I know I always joke about kids being weird and blah, blah, blah. But aren't they just amazing? What seems perfectly mundane to a child is just so mind-blowing to an adult. It's crazy. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And story number three comes from Kai. Between the ages of eight and 12, I was in a private school near Dorky in Dublin. During this time, I was seriously suffering with my mental health. My house as well had to be cleansed because we had some dark entity in our back garden and I was the only one who sensed it. My school was an old Victorian house turned into a school. It had three floors. The first floor was for younger children aged three to five years old. The top floor was for the six to twelve-year-olds and that's where I was. And the basement was the baby rooms and toddler rooms. There was also a long hallway connecting the baby room area to our canteen. I always felt off in that area. All my time there I heard stories now and again about how my principal and her husband kept seeing kids playing between the trees in the front of the school. I always found certain rooms and hallways too unsettling to be in alone and on a few occasions when I had to stay late in school for something like a parent-teacher meeting or a play Even a few teachers refused to be there alone. I was told my principal's husband once walked into one of the baby rooms when locking up the school one night and when walking through the doorway it had felt and looked like he walked into a spider web. He said his vision was blurry and like something white had gotten into or just on his eye. When trying to swipe it off him he couldn't feel anything on his face. Another time when I was leaving that school and moving on to secondary We had something like a graduation and the hype of the school being haunted got passed around during the graduation dinner we had at the school and soon after our vice principal gave everyone a chance to walk around the basement where it seemed to be more active. While walking through one of the toddler rooms a toy which was left on the floor in a far corner of the room had gone off on its own. It was one of those toy fire trucks. I have never seen a group of adults leave a room so fast in my life. Now on to my house. It was also a Victorian style house, so I'm assuming it had a lot of history. So many odd things happened in that house, including my mam playing a trick on me and my friends at a sleepover, trying to turn on and off my bedroom light, which was above where we were sleeping, in the back sunroom, onlooking the haunted garden. 
This is when I first discovered we had something back there. As the lights flickered, my friends and I all saw a dark outline of a person standing looking at us in the garden, with the light illuminating their figure and then switching off and when turning back on still there. Also at one stage I moved rooms because I was too freaked out looking at the back garden at night. I had transformed our front living room into my new bedroom. It was under a room that we rented out to a man. One day I was in my room with a friend and out of nowhere we heard what sounded like a chair being pushed across the floor in the room above. Thinking it was the guy that rented out I went to ask my mam if she knew if he was home and she said no he'd be in work at that time and she was right. Not long after he came home. That later became my room and I experienced the worst downfall of my mental health then. I had vivid nightmares about being dragged out of my bed and into my back garden. The feeling of being watched or never alone in the downstairs bathroom and also the kitchen. I moved out when I was 13, thank God. Schools are often very creepy places when there are no children around. I can testify to that one. Um, I would love to know actually when the house had been turned into a school, like how long it had been a school, because I think that would be a really interesting thing to find out. I always think as well that schools are so bursting with energy from just children being children and being happy and excited, children being sad, children being distressed and also children going through through puberty. There's just so much energy in a school that if stone tape theory is a real thing, I think it would absolutely happen in schools. And I wonder if that's why children were seen playing in the trees. And I wonder if that's why there was sort of things being moved or toys going off on their own, that all of that energy from being full of children all the time causes these things to happen. Also, that house sounds terrifying. Like the idea of, you know, your man playing the joke, fine. Like that's pretty standard sleepover things to happen, right? But imagine her horror when she's like, ha ha ha, like they're, they're screaming a bit and giggling and whatever. And then suddenly it's like, oh no, they're actually they're actually screaming. They're actually terrified. And what they're terrified of is not you turning on and off the light. It's the silhouette of the man standing in the garden. That is seriously scary. Sounds like there was some sort of energy in that house. And in a way, I kind of hope it was something paranormal and not something human. That scares me more sometimes, I think, the idea that a man, like a real person, could be standing in the garden in the dark and you wouldn't know until you turned the lights off. And I'm really sorry that you had an experience of a decline in your mental health. But I'm also very glad for you that you moved out when you were 13. Because it sounds like you had a truly unpleasant time. And story number four comes from Stevie. Now you might recognise this story because from what I can gather, Stevie posted this story in the supergroup and also then subsequently emailed it. So let's get into it. It was a blistering hot September day in Northern California especially for seven-ish month pregnant me. I'd been running errands all day and was ready to escape the heat and lie my big ass down in my bed. As I entered, I was surrounded by this smell. It smelled exactly like my grandparents' home. Thinking it was odd, but kind of just choking it up to the pregnancy super nose, smelling something my grandma may have left behind from her last visit, I walked down the hallways, heading to my room. And as I reached my grandfather's picture, I got a smack of his cologne, a very distinct smell that I haven't smelled since we went through his things after his passing. All of a sudden, this warm feeling rushes over me. It almost felt like one of his big bear hugs that he would give me when he saw me. 
Just as quickly as it came, it was gone once again. Nearly in tears, I just whispered, I love you too, Grandpa. It wasn't until I went to share this with the beautiful Facebook group that I realised it was his birthday that day. My grandpa passed 11 years ago due to complications from his cirrhosis. He has missed many birthdays, holidays and great-grandbabies being born. My heart hurts that he never got to meet my son, but I find solace in the feeling that he visits us. Instead of cards for our baby shower, we asked for our loved ones to bring books for baby and write their loving words. My grandma gifted my son a National Geographic style book about elephants that my grandpa had since I was a baby. I have fond memories of us looking through it together and I couldn't wait to share it with my son. Fast forward some time, my son was around eight-ish months old and we were flipping through the elephant book and I was telling him how much I loved looking at it with my grandpa. All of a sudden, I was once again hit in the face with his cologne. At first, I just froze. But then I said, I love you, Grandpa. Thank you for the book. Just like the first time, it was gone as fast as it came. I'm sorry these stories aren't the usual spooky, bone-chilling ones that we love, but I thought maybe it's a nice reminder that not all paranormal experiences are negative. I find so much comfort knowing that even though the ones we love can't physically be with us, they never fully leave. Stevie, that story is so beautiful. And I think there's a lot of suggestion that our sense of smell is like the best memory trigger. How beautiful that you're able to smell his cologne or he's able to sort of show himself to you in that way at those really lovely, loving, important moments. I'm really glad that you did share it. And I'm sure there are so many people listening that will take comfort from knowing that although, you know, they can't necessarily see their loved ones that have passed on that they are still there looking out for them. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Ben, Elaine, Kai and Stevie for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from March the 18th, 2023. And if you'd like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for some extra content, you can subscribe to the Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note, I shall see you next time. 